0: Blog Talk Radio Challenging Thought-provoking Insightful This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean Hosted by nationally known speaker Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener Not your typical reverend Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran Former law enforcement officer Founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church. How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sundays with the Ninja Pastor, the power of belonging. Belonging. I want to ask you, have you ever yearned to belong to a certain team? maybe a certain group maybe a certain club have you ever yearned to belong to someone have you ever craved the love and affection the dedication and loyalty of someone and over time you know what, you received it you received that love, affection, dedication and loyalty and how did that feel how did it feel to finally receive whatever human being craves? Love, affection, dedication, and loyalty. Let me ask you folks, how, how about when you did not receive it? When you didn't receive what you craved? When you didn't receive love? When you didn't receive affection? When you didn't receive Dedication and loyalty. How did that feel? Certainty. Today the notion of, or the idea even of certainty is quickly fading from the plausible into the foggy and unsure. I am his sheep and I belong to the king, the shepherd. And it is a marvelous relationship. I became his by believing in him, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for for plugging in with us if you uh if you want to help support what we do and team up with us one time or many times or as long as you want as little as you want the ninja dot com and then we have a little donate button or donate page there It's all super super uh you know it's As you might expect from me, it's all top-shelf security-wise. We appreciate it. We love you for it. The Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He provides for my physical needs. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, providing for my spiritual needs. He leads me in paths of righteousness, directing my actions. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which, folks, is Satan's kingdom here on earth, I will need, I I need, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod your weapon, and your staff, your guiding tool. They comfort me, providing for my physical protection and my protection in spiritual warfare. Do you belong to the king? You can, if you will. You can belong to the king, but you only can if you will. Yeshua said in John 10:7, most assuredly I say to you I am the door of the sheep. Yeshua said that he is the door of the sheep, but what did he mean? What did he mean when he said he is the door of the sheep? John 10:7 he said it. It's in print, you can read it. What did he mean? Well, a sheepfold during Yeshua's time had no door which could be opened and closed. The door of the sheepfold was just an opening. And in this kind of sheepfold, after the sheep had entered it, the shepherd would sleep at the entrance. The shepherd laid across the entrance and anything evil that was coming for the little lambs was first going to have to go through the shepherd. Well what kind of things come through? What kind of things come after the sheep? The little innocent lambs, wolves, lions, snakes. All kinds of evil out there. There's all kinds of evil and they're coming after the lambs. The shepherd became the door. He said I'm 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 the door of the sheep. When Yeshua told his disciples, I am the good shepherd, that's John ten eleven. he also assured them emphatically that he was the door of the sheep. He was telling them, Yeshua was telling them and telling us, inside my sheepfold, my sheep are always safe, completely protected, close under my watchful eyes. And since I am just at the entrance of the sheepfold, nothing, not even the muffled bleat of one of my own little lambs, can escape my ears. Also, nothing evil outside the sheepfold can enter and touch my sheep without first coming through me. For I am the door of my sheep. I would submit to you, that the sheep felt very secure. The sheep felt very secure. They felt very safe. They felt like they belonged. I belong to the king. I'm a child of his love. I shall dwell in his palace so fair, for he tells of its bliss and yon heaven above, and his children and splendor shall share. Many, many years ago, a little old country composer from West Virginia, her name was Ida L. Reed, once beautifully expressed I belong to the king. I am a child of his love. I shall dwell in his palace so fair, for he tells of of its bliss in yon heaven above and his children in splendor shall share i belong to the king i am a child of his love and he never forsaketh his own he will call me some day to his palace above i shall dwell by his glorified throne i belong to the king and he loves me i know for his mercy and kindness so free are unceasingly mine, wheresoever I go, and my refuge unfailing is he. I belong to the king, and his promise is sure that we all shall be gathered at last, kingdom above by life's water, so pure, when this life, with its trials, is past. Scripture and the Father tells us I and the Father are one. He says it very boldly and very clearly in John 10:22 through 30. This is the English Standard Version. At that at that time the feast of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter. And Yeshua was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, "How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us now." ESV and other translations render it this way, tell us plainly. If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Yeshua answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works, well, in other words, all of the miracles you witnessed witness me do, that I do in my Father's name, in my Father's name, bear witness about me but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Maybe you'd like to hear a more Hebrew rendering of this passage. I'm glad you asked. I happen to have one just for you. Then came Hanukkah in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Yeshua was walking around inside the temple area in Shlomo's Colonnade. Did you know that? Shlomo is is Solomon's actual Hebrew name. So the Judeans, now notice that the English Standard Version and many other versions render it the Jews, but it's actually the Judeans. People from all over that area, not necessarily Jews, surrounded him and said to him, How much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us publicly. Isn't that something? What a difference. In the rendering, little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. The ESV and many other translations says, If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Yet the complete Jewish Bible says... More accurately, I might conclude, if you are the Messiah, tell us publicly. Verse 25 goes on to say, Yeshua answered them, I have already told you and you don't trust me. The works I do in my Father's name testify on my behalf. But the reason you don't trust is that you are not included among my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I recognize them they follow me and I give them eternal life they will absolutely never be destroyed and no one will snatch them from my father's or snatch them from my hands my father who gave them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them from my snatch them from my father's hands and I and the father are one this in Hebrew is rendered anivihahav echad arnaqt. May God bless the reading of his word. There's some powerful stuff there. There's some powerful things here for everybody. You can belong to him. I could read it differently, I guess you could say. You can belong to him. Or I could read it this way. You can belong to him. Notice his wording. Words don't mean a lot. No, it's just like I just said, words often mean, say it with me. Words mean everything. Little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. What did he say? He said, my sheep. What did being a sheep mean back then? Have you ever thought about what being a sheep meant in those early rough Wild days. My sheep. For that matter, what did being a shepherd mean back then? What did it mean? The Bible mentions shepherds and shepherding over 200 times. I would think that it would be important. You decide for yourself. The Hebrew word for shepherding is often translated feeding. Well, what did shepherds do? The shepherds led sheep to pasture and water, and you, you can't live without food and water. But there's a lot of wolves out there wanting to make the sheep their food. Psalm twenty-three, one, and and what did he do? They said they're they're going to lead the sheep to pasture and water, and they're going to protect them from wild animals. First Samuel seventeen thirty four and thirty five shepherds guarded their flocks at night, whether in the open, as told in luke two eight or in sheepfolds, like in zephaniah two six in the sheepfolds they counted the sheep as they entered that's talked about in jeremiah thirty three thirteen they took care of their sheep and even carried weak lambs in their arms isaiah forty eleven I've got to ask you, have you ever felt God carrying you in His arms when you were weak? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself, why does the Bible use the metaphor of shepherd so often? Because it was something that people at that time could relate to. In those biblical times, they could relate to a keeper of sheep. The first keeper of sheep in the Bible was Adam's son Abel. That's talked about in Genesis four two. Shepherding was the chief occupation of the Israelites in the early days of the patriarchs. Talked about Abraham, Genesis twelve sixteen, Rachel, Genesis twenty nine, nine, Jacob, Genesis thirty, thirty one through forty, and Moshe. Exodus three one. Although we do know as things change, you know you need to know the land, you need to know the topography, you need to know the culture as it changed and as cultivation of crops increased, shepherding fell from favor. It was assigned to the younger sons, the hirelings, and the slaves. Compare David in first samuel sixteen eleven through thirteen Farmers such as in Egypt even hated shepherds genesis forty six thirty four The King James Version says it this way, My Father gave them to me. What is them and who is to me? Them is the sheep. To me, me is the shepherd. I think it's important to notice the distinctions. You are not of my, the shepherd's sheep. You don't have what my sheep have. You don't belong. You're not in the club. You're not on the list. You don't have the pass. You don't have the secret password. You don't have the way. Notice his distinctions. You are not of my, the shepherd's sheep. You don't have what my sheep have. Note the hardcore, undeniable facts here. Only some people belong to Him. And you know what? It's clearly wonderful to belong to Him. So why doesn't everyone belong? Why isn't everyone in the club? John 6.44. 644, it teaches. There's a lesson here. Don't miss this. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. This is Yeshua speaking. This is Jesus, the Son of Adonai Elohim, the Father. Yochanan six forty four. No one can come to me. In other words, you, you're you're not in the club. You're not. You don't belong unless. The Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. You know those people, those people who were drawn by the Father, those people do belong to Him. And you can be one of those ones that belong. John ten fourteen through 16 I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep... Know me. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. Yeshua knows that his sheep will come from all people, not just the Hebrew people. Luke ten twenty. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I always say it's very important to know. I, you know, many of my favorite classes in seminary talk about the land of the Hebrew people, the people of the land and the land of the people. I want you to know that I've taken from Jerusalem University many classes, and one of the classes was exclusively on the relationship of the land and the locations to the biblical stories that we read. And when you understand about the people, the context, and the worldview, you understand more about why, what happened in that story is absolutely true. And even the littlest things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. The Talmud, which in Rosh Hashanah 32b, says that on Rosh Hashanah, God inscribes everyone's name into one of three books. This This is what... Hebrew the tradition and Hebrew books and, and, and scriptures read. The first book is the righteous go into the book of life. Everybody wants that. Everybody loves life. Everybody wants to live. Everybody does. The righteous, they go into the book of life. That's where everybody wants to be. The evil, they go into the book of death. Man, nobody wants that book. Nobody at all. Nobody wants to be written in the book of death, certainly not in ink, and certainly not in blood. Well, I said there were three books. I told you about the Talmud, Rosh Hashanah 32b, and it says that on Rosh Hashanah, on that great holiday, God inscribes everyone's name into one of three books. That third book, the first one was the book of life. That's the righteous. The righteous go into the book of life. The second one is the evil. The evil go into the book of death. Nobody wants that book. And then those in between have judgment suspended until Yom Kippur. In Hebrew culture, the book of life or the book of the living, in Hebrew it's it's Sefer HaChem, HaChem, Sefer HaChem. This is the book in which God records the names of every person who is destined for heaven or the world to come. According to the Talmud, the book is open on Rosh Hashanah and is its recording, as is its recording for the wicked, the book of the dead. Remember, nobody wants to be in that book. Everybody wants to be in the book of the living, the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. We want to be in that book. We want to belong to that club. That's the membership list of that club. We want to be in that book. We want to be written down. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. You don't want to be in the book of the dead. We get a, a glimpse, really, we get a, a, a really chilling glimpse at the Book of the Dead in Revelation twenty fifteen. And whosoever was not found written in the Book of Life was cast in the lake of fire. It doesn't say, it doesn't read, the word chosen was, whoever, maybe sometimes, and then sometimes not whoever, you know, we want to be nice, we want to be loving, we want to be kind. We want to be open, we want to be tolerant, we want to be all those things. So sometimes, well, you know what, everybody's getting a, a a participation trophy. I talk about this in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. You don't get into the book of life just for participating. There's something you have to do. Revelation 20:15. you know, New Testament, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Folks, you need to understand this very important fact. The references to the book, this book, the book of life, the book of death, this is literal. And it's referenced in both the Old and New Testament. Little things don't mean a lot, folks. Say it with me. They mean everything. What is it like to belong to Him? What is it like to be a sheep of the shepherd God? What is it like to belong to Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah? What is it like? When you belong to Him, you have the assurance of His presence. Remember I said in my introduction, the shepherd lays across the entrance to the sheepfold. There was no door. The shepherd made himself the door. And even though there are many sheep, he can hear even the slightest little bleat. No matter what happens, those, those little sheep, he's going to know. He's going to pay attention to every little sound, every little movement. Nothing gets past him. Because you belong to him. You have the assurance of his presence. His presence is not just little P, but big P. His presence, his involvement, his care, his concern. Verse 27 talks about hear his voice. They will hear his voice. Discern it, delight in it, do it. When you belong to him, you can be assured he knows you. He singles you out of the mass of humanity. He knows who you are. Be assured, he knows you. When you belong to him, he knows who you are. And you matter to him. You matter to him. By the way, welcome all those who have joined us in chat. Thank you for joining us today. If you're on a home computer, it's kind of a fun thing. There's a lively bunch over there. Be assured he knows you, folks. You hear his voice. And you know his voice. You know the shepherd's voice. Just like he knows every little whimper and bleep from you. Discern it. Learn it. Take it deep into your heart. Delight in it. Do it. And be assured he knows you. And out of all of the people, out of all of the sheep, you belong to him and he singles you out of all those people. When you belong to him, you have a sense of purpose. When you belong to him, you have a sense of purpose. He goes before, and then we follow. Who do we follow when he goes before? The only way someone can be the leader is if someone's behind them. someone goes behind the leader someone has to go out front someone has to be in the lead someone has to say i'm your shepherd i'm not going to follow behind and say hey guys what should we do here do you feel like we should go left or go right it sounds like a lion out there i don't know what we should do let's let's have a democracy here let's have a little little vote, take it up for a vote among the lambs, what should we do? No. You've got to be the leader. And our Father in Heaven is our leader. And you know what? He goes before us in everything. Our job, our purpose. When we belong to Him, our sense of purpose tells us He goes before us and we follow the leader. Christians not only obey Christ, but they imitate Him. They go where His Spirit and providence lead them. They yield themselves to His guidance and seek to be led by Him. Don't miss that. Folks, there's a lot of power in that passage. Power in that passage. Don't miss it. Christians... Believers, followers of the way, not only obey Christ, but they imitate him. They imitate him. What do you do when you imitate somebody? Look, I do impressions all the time. I don't do them so much on Sunday, but I do them on Monday on our Monday show, The Collision of Faith and Politics. It's right here at this channel. If you have any questions about how to link in here another time, just go to the dot com. There'll be the blog section, I'll always have links. There's a listen button there. You can listen and take you right to the exact right spot if you ever have a problem. But on Mondays I do imitations. I do imitations, and and you know a lot of times those imitations are for people. Uh, people say I do uh, Wardell, Wardell from West Texas. I imitate them because I love people from Texas. When I imitate Southerners, I'm not even making fun of Southerners. I give anything to live in the South. I love the South. South is a great place to be, and I love it. That's why I imitate it. Sometimes when I imitate Barack Hussein Obama, I'm not I'm not wanting to imitate him. I'm imitating him because I'm poking fun, because I don't like him. This is what it says. I'm not making this up, you can look it up for yourself. Christians, believers, followers of the way, people who belong, they not only obey Christ, but they imitate him. Listen, you know you have to know a little bit about somebody to imitate them, don't you? You have to listen a little bit. You have to pay attention. Sometimes, if you really want to be good, you have to pay close attention. You have to read what they say. You have to listen to what they say. You have to watch what they do and then you have to imitate them. They go where his spirit and providence lead them. He he goes before and we go behind. They yield themselves to his guidance. You know what the only way you can yield yourself to his guidance is if you seek to be led By Him. Folks, don't quit. Don't quit on this. Listen, this is a hard thing. It's powerful, but it's difficult. Christians, listen, it's not just a matter of obeying Christ. You have to live like Christ. You know what? He doesn't expect us to do it all the time. He doesn't believe that we can because He knows. He knows that we are fallible this side of heaven. We are fallible this side of heaven. We are a broken people. We fall down and we get up. The saints are just sinners who fall down and get up. And you know what, Yeshua? Adonai Elohim, the master, the father knows as sheep stumble and they fall. But we have to yield ourselves to his guidance. The one who leads, the shepherd who leads, we have to yield to them. It's not a discussion. It's not a question. It's not a negotiation. It's I yield to you. I surrender all. All to him I give. All to thee, my blessed savior. Mm. Power. There's power in yielding. Can't be the boss, can't be the leader of every club. We have to yield. We have to yield ourselves to His guidance. And then you know what we have to do? (laughs) You know what we have to do? We have to be led. But the only way we can be led is to seek to be led. You know what? The sheep just don't find themselves behind the shepherd. And the shepherd doesn't just find himself out front. No, you have to seek to follow. I'm going to be led. I'm going to pay attention to what the shepherd says. When you belong to him, look, you have certainty regarding the future. I said earlier, do you remember if you were listening? Certainty. Certainty. Today the notion and idea of certainty is quickly fading from the plausible into the foggy and unsure. Certainty is sort of a passe thing these days. People say you can't be certain. Someone in chat just very, very uh, articulately said, I yield as a sheep to my Lord, but I retain my inner wolf. Let me tell you, when uh, people ask me this all the time, all around the country, whenever I come to speak, they'll they'll say, do you actually carry a gun when you speak? And sometimes when churches ask me to come speak, they'll they'll actually ask me. They'll say, now, do you really carry a gun up there? Are you really aren't. I'll say, you better believe I am. I've yielded to the Father, but the Father's given me a very good aim. He's given me a very sharp draw, quick and accurate and decisive. And if a crazy person comes in when I'm preaching, or an ISIS person, sorry to be redundant, Comes in when I'm preaching, guess what? They're going to leave ventilated because I'm a sheep dog, but I surrender to the king. Listen, when you belong to him, you can have certainty regarding the future, even though it's very passe. Nowadays, people say you can't be sure. How do you know? There's no way we can know. This is what society tells us. This is what the left tells us. Listen, this is what a lot of conservatives, alleged conservatives all across the country, They're soft gospel, they say you just can't be sure. So I'll just follow this way just in case it's true. Verse 28 says, I give unto them eternal life. Listen, that's pretty clear. I don't think you can argue with that, especially when the letters are in red. The pages and the letters stained by the blood of Yeshua Hamashiach, the innocent one willingly went to the cross but he didn't stay there. He went to the grave, but he didn't stay there. And you know what? He went to heaven, but he's not staying there. But he told us in verse 28 of this passage, he said, I give unto them eternal life. He doesn't say, I might give. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't know. It depends on how I feel. It depends on how good the music is. It depends on how how good the temperature is. Depends on how nice the decorations are. Depends on on the colors. Depends on the sound quality. Depends on depends on how comfortable those chairs are. That's when I'm going to be certain. I'm going to be certain if everything is right. If I feel it. No. Yeshua Hamashiach, the Son of the Living God, he said this and he put it in the red ink. He said, "I give unto them eternal life." You can be certain regarding your future when you belong to him. You know what else it tells us in verse 28? It says we have relief from perishing. Perishing is a terrible fate, folks. Listen, I went to a funeral of one of my classmates from Cape and Lopen High School this week. Tracy LeBreton. Stunned me. Same age as me, 50 years old. Graduated from high school together in 1983. She got brain cancer, and she passed away last Thursday. She was buried this Thursday. I was honored to be there. People perish. My buddy Eric, who we've been praying for, his next-door neighbor and cousin, also a classmate of mine, Eric, is a classmate since kindergarten. He's fighting cancer. Pray for him. Along with my buddy Chris Halen, Pray for him. Perishing is a terrible fate. None of us want to do it. None of us want to be in that book, the book of death. We want to be in the book of life. You can deny that there is a book, and you say, I don't want to be in any of one until I know for sure. Newsflash for you. Knowing for sure means you've got to wait until the flames are licking at your heels. And it is too late at that time to decide. Bible tells us we get relief from perishing. When we belong to Him, we have a relief from perishing. Perishing is indeed a terrible fate. And folks, I'm here to tell you, and I'm sure you would agree, to be delivered from it is a priceless gift. A priceless gift. I can't buy that gift for you. I'm not wealthy. I'm not wealthy by any, any description. I'm not wealthy. I can't buy that gift for you. It's a priceless gift. There is no price for which I cannot afford. But Yeshua's blood bought it for me. And listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you beyond no, there's not an ounce of doubt in me, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Salvation is from real peril, real disaster, real tragedy. So many folks have passed away this week. I was telling my family and my friends, wow, this is a tough week. So many. So many of my friends. They passed over. I know at the funeral on, on Thursday for my, my friend and classmate, Tracy LeBreton, she knew Christ. was very clear by the testimony of those there. They said, oh no, she absolutely knew Christ. She wanted a an evangelical uh service, a church service and boy did we It was awesome. When you belong to him, folks, you have relief from perishing because you have everlasting eternal life. When you belong to him, you have complete security. Here's two statements that testify to that. No one will pluck you out of his hand. He's being sure when he says it twice here in a different way. He says, hey, nobody's taking you from me. I'm your shepherd. I'm laying at the door of the sheepfold, and no one is coming to get you. No one is going to take you from me. But in verse 29, he goes one step further. Written in red ink, no one is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. The sheep are secure. The sheep are secure, and nobody's going to pluck you out of the Father's hand. Nobody's going to pluck you out of Yeshua Hamashiach's hands. No one's going to pluck you out of the Savior's hand. And no one's going to pluck you from God's hand. Nobody. Nobody can do it. Listen, there's an intense meaning here. Our security rests on his hold on us not our hold on him the sheep are never asked listen if you go over the rocky ledge and you fall i want you to reach out with your little tiny bleeding hooves and i want you to grab onto me i'm the shepherd hold on tight no he says i've got you i'm going to hold on to you i'm going to not let go I've told you, nobody's going to pluck you out of my hand. Nobody's going to pluck you out of my Father's hand. My hand is on you. Our security rests on His hold on us, not our hold on Him. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome to hear that? Isn't that incredible to take into your psyche and into your very soul? Our security rests on his hold on us. Not how tightly we hold on him. Praise God for that. You know what else too? When you belong to him, you become part of something special. We could retranslate verse 29. That which my father gave me is greater. His people, the church, are incredibly important. Not because of who they are? Not because of who we are. My, aren't we something? You know, when I travel around the country and speak, you're welcome to invite me to come. I'll be glad to come. Contact us through the ninjapastor.com, the contact us page, and my people will get a hold of me, and we'll make it happen. We'll we'll figure something out. But when I go to, to other churches, a lot of times, you know, they're more suit and tie-ish. So, uh, you know, I'll wear a suit and tie. It's usually a a country uh cowboy look. no offense, y'all, but I wear cowboy boots and I wear a cowboy jacket. sometimes I'll wear a cowboy hat, but it's not how I'm dressed. It's not about how I'm dressed. Listen, we think we're really important. We dress up, we put on the fancy tie, we put on the fancy jacket, we got on the cowboy boots. And we think we're something. We look the part. No, folks. We, his people, God's people, Adonai Elohim, his people, we are important, but not because of who we are, what we wear, what we say. No. We're incredibly important, not because of who we are, but because of what God has done in us. Yeah. When you belong to him, you become part of something special. You are incredibly important. Not because of who you are. Not because of what you've done or haven't done. Not because of your victories or your failures. I do a I do a message. Hunting Dead Lions is what the name of it is. It's 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 the second most downloaded message. Message I do. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on TheNinjaPastor.com. dot com. If you can't find it, I'll send you an MP three of it. Just email me through the contact me page, and we'll get it to you. Or you can email me at s m green. Well, no, 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 that's not the right one. Sean s h a w n at Greener dot com, and I'll send it to you. If you can't find it on the Ninja Pastor or the the iTunes, get a hold of me. We'll get it to you. Hunting dead. Lions. Listen, a lot of us have victories. A lot of us have done great things. A lot of us have really achieved. And you know what else a lot of us have done? We've had failures. Sometimes right on the heels of a great victory comes a great, great failure where you really screwed up. I know this because I've done it. I've done it. Hurts, habits, and hangups. We all have them. Thank the good Lord. It's not what we... the we, we don't belong to Him because we are something special in that we are perfect. We are infallible. No. We're His people. The church, folks, His people. And we're important, not because of who we are, but because of what God has done in us. Now... Here's another powerful thing, and you need to learn this. This is something very important. How can you get to belong to him? All around the country right now and all around the world, last week we had almost 50,000 people listen on Sunday. Monday's uh, show, we had almost 621,000 people listening. Isn't the Internet something crazy, isn't it? We can redeem it for God's glory. All around the world, I'm talking to you, and, and even in the Kehala and the people that come. And, look, I know most of the people that come in, in person. I know your spiritual condition. We've talked. We're close. I'm your shepherd, and I hear your bleats. But all around the world, we have people that tune in. And we have a famous atheist who t- tunes in almost every week. He says, man, if I keep listening, I, I don't know, You're you're wearing me down. You'll find it and you'll see it. I just pray it's not too late. How can you get to belong to him? Folks, this is for you. It is not a matter of information. No, it's not a matter of information, folks. In verse 24, they questioned who he is. And they said, tell us publicly. But you know what? In verse 25, we learned that they had plenty of information. They saw him. They saw Yeshua raise people from the dead. Not from sleeping, not from tired, not from a paper cut or a boo-boo. No. They saw him raise people from the dead. You know what we sit here in our lives and we say, "Wow." If I lived back then in biblical times, you know what? I I would have known it was Jesus, and I would have I would have followed him, and I would have been and I wouldn't have let anybody. I'd been like Peter, but I wouldn't have denied him and I would have cut off an ear. I would have fought him. No. No, you wouldn't have. Most likely. I always, I always, uh, you know, I was a police officer, and I was in the military, and I always, it always cracks me up. People say what they would do in combat. Somebody that's never been in that situation, and somebody that's never been, no, somebody that's never worn a, a bag, a, a badge, and they say, why didn't that police officer do this? Why didn't he do that? Well, if I was there, I would have done this or that. No, you don't know that until you're in that place. These folks had plenty of information, folks. They saw dead people raised to life. They saw people that they knew had never seen a day in their life. They were blind. They saw them see. The blind were made to see. They saw these things. They had plenty of information, folks. It is not a matter of information. This is how you can get to belong to him, but let me tell you what it's not. It's not the way to him is not necessarily a matter of information. And you know what else? I'll tell you what else. It's not a matter of evidence, because, like I just said, the works that he did should have sufficed before we get too high and mighty. Let's remember. How many miracles have all of us seen, and yet we didn't believe? How many times did we have to be shown the miracle before we believed? How many times did the Father have to rescue us? How many times did the shepherd have to reach down with his little crooked staff and grab us and snatch us away from that thing that was going to crush us? No. Before we get too haughty, it's not a matter of evidence either. It's not a matter of information. It's not a matter of evidence. The works he had done should have sufficed, but you know what? They failed to be convinced. He said, point blank, you failed to believe. They failed to believe. They failed to be convinced. They didn't want to believe, so they didn't believe. Well, I guess you've probably figured it out by now. It is simply a matter of belief. It is not a matter of information. You know, I know people that that have uh, that have read the Bible for many many years. God bless them for that. But they don't have Christ in their heart. They don't have Yeshua in their heart. They're still on the fence. They're still deciding. There's a lot of information. They know scripture. You know what? The devil knows scripture too. And he won't be in heaven. Folks, it's not a matter of information. And it's not a matter of evidence. Because you know what? Those people that were there, they saw the miracles. They saw the dead walk. They saw the lame. They saw the dead rise. They saw the lame walk. They saw the blind see. They saw the leper heal. And they failed to believe. No. No. It's simply a matter of belief. Scripture says they were not as sheep because they wouldn't believe in him. No, not that, it didn't say that they couldn't. No. It didn't say that they couldn't, it said that they wouldn't. Remember what the Father says. He, said, he says, no, you, you refuse to believe. He didn't say you can't believe. He said you refuse. They had all the evidence. They had all the information. They had all the evidence. There was nothing at all they lacked. Except for belief. And you can believe. We become his by simply believing in him. You say, Dr. Sean Ninja Pastor, this, this is strange. How do I believe? How How do you simply believe in something? man that's the hard that's the secret sauce is my good buddy Mark herr, master of scripture that he is he would use his term secret sauce. This is the secret sauce, folks. How do I believe simply don't make it harder than it is look i'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit and ponder for hours and hours and hours. Why does the sun come up after night time? Why does Tuesday follow Monday? I don't know. I just know that it does. I believe that it will. I believe that tomorrow morning, should God preserve me through the night, that tomorrow morning will be Monday, and it will be day. Day follows night. I just simply believe. I place my faith in Him. I say, Father, I believe in You. I believe You sent Your Son to live on this earth 33 years and to be unjustly and brutally tried and hung on an execution stake like a common thief or murder, yet you'd done nothing wrong. Committed not one sin in your lifetime. I believe that you did die. I believe you were put on the cross and that you died. Your life ended. You weren't asleep. You were dead. And you were put into a borrowed tomb. I believe that. I believe that. (laughs) You just simply believe I am his sheep, and I belong to the king, the shepherd. And it is indeed a marvelous relationship. How did I become his? I became his by believing in him. I have to ask you, as your friend, most important question you'll ever be asked in your life: Do you belong to the king? you can if you will you can belong to the king if you will if you will there's nothing stopping you there's not a matter of there's not a matter of evidence you have plenty there's not a matter of information you have all the information that it would ever need you would ever need to make that decision do you belong to the king you can if you will if you place your faith in him You can belong. Next week, we're going to chat about the problem, Peter. You know we have to talk about this problem we have with Peter. Peter's a problem. We've got a problem. So we're going to talk about that, the problem with Peter. It's going to be fun. Peter's one of my favorite, favorite characters in all of the Bible. Tomorrow... This is next Sunday, next 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 week, next Sunday at the same time. We're going to chat about the problem with Peter. John thirteen, two through twenty is where we're going to be talking from. Tomorrow, Monday's show, The Collision of Faith and Politics, a fiery, wild show, folks. I have a news flash for you. It is going to be off the chain. Join us at the same place. Tell your friends. We so enjoy having you. Tell your friends. If you believe in what we do, and you feel like it, and you have the resources, go to the donate page on the Ninja Pastor, and the com and donate. We appreciate you doing it. God bless you for it. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you to all of you in chat. It was fun having you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your comments. All you have to do is believe. Place your faith in Him. Don't wait another Moment. Join us next time
0: for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and check out all the free messages archive shows and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book Excellence Killed the Church How Mediocrity is Destroying America at www.drseangreener.com Join us during the week and in the meantime Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country Thank you for joining us in this fight.